0: You're listening to Token Talks, brought to you by Wing Venture
1: Capital. I'm your host, Zach DeWitt. It becomes harder in other communities where you have uh, financial incentives by some people to hype the coin, where early adopters have preference over, over late adopters to a coin, which is uh, particularly, it's explicitly like the opposite of what Grimm aims to do.
0: Today, we are joined by Daniel Lenberg. Daniel is part of the Grin core developer team and is a co-founder of Vault 713. Grin is one of the most exciting cryptocurrencies to launch in the past year. Similar to Bitcoin, Grin launched with pseudonymous founders and no pre-mine, meaning no VC firms or wealthy individuals could buy a stake in Grin before it launched. Grin hopes to become global digital cash and that there is no transaction history. If I send you five Grin, there won't be a permanent record of this payment. I think you will greatly enjoy today's episode, learning more about Grin. Well, Daniel, welcome to Token Talks. Please introduce yourself.
1: Thanks, Zach. It's uh, it's good to be here. I'm a product manager and concept developer. Uh, I've been working in gaming for the past twelve years. Uh, currently, I'm uh, based out of um, out of Europe, and uh, I'm uh, working on Grin. I'm a core contributor to the project, and I am also co-founder of a startup that focuses on Grin called Vault 713, which is building the Grinbox transaction building protocol and Wallet 713, which is an open source Grin wallet.
0: That's great. It's a pleasure to have you on today. So Daniel, maybe you could give a little background to what is Grin and and how did it come about?
1: Sure. So Grin is the first implementation of Mimblewimble, uh, which is named after a tongue-tying, uh, Harry Potter spell, Mimblewimble was put together as a text file and dropped on a Bitcoin IRC chat in 2016 by an anonymous individual who was um, going under the pseudonym Tom Elvis Jedusor, which is the French version of Lord Voldemort in the Harry Potter series. That person uh, just uh, dropped uh, uh, that text file proposing the Mimblewimble protocol and then disappeared. The protocol itself proposes lightweight and scalable uh, blockchain format, which is kind of building on previous work done with uh, confidential transactions, coin join, and one-way aggregated signatures. Putting these together and kind of using a a small insight to build a blockchain format that hadn't been done uh, before and uh, was allowing uh, transactions to both be private and uh, also scalable. So after, after this was uh, dropped in uh, the RSC channel, uh, researchers there, Andrew Polstra picked it up, uh, refined the paper and uh, corrected it. It had some errors in it. And a few months later, an anonymous, another anonymous individual, Ignatius Peverell uh, started working on grin uh, The first implementation of, uh, of that protocol uh, written in Rust. That was about two and a half years ago. And, uh, The blockchain launched in January 15. So it's, I think, uh, around three months old at the the time that we speak. And it's completely community funded and uh, developed as an open source project.
0: This is one of the most compelling and exciting parts of the Grin story, is that it had a conception story, almost like Bitcoin, right? And that there's no company, there's no pre-mine, the pseudonymous founders and developers, and then just a vibrant community of early adopters and, and developers supporting the ecosystem.
1: Exactly. And it kind of grew organically. I think following Inosis, uh, uh launch of the coin, it was just an ongoing work with more kind of focus and emphasis on maybe technology and elegance. The protocol and the implementation itself uh, takes pride in being very simple by design and minim- minimalistic or, or lightweight. It's much harder to, to create something that's uh, simple and elegant rather than doing something that's perhaps over the top or uh, has a lot of functionality and a lot of bells and whistles. So there was a lot of community engagement in trying to kind of devise a, a very simple approach to and a modern approach to building a blockchain uh, from from 2016 and onwards, which is kind of, I think that's how it grew. It, it was basically just a fresh take on on how to do private electronic cash
0: And how do do you think about Grin? I mean, it's the crypto ecosystem's becoming noisier and noisier. Cryptocurrencies are launching, uh, I think there's 2,150 cryptocurrencies now. Um, So how how does Grin kind of fit into that in terms of its properties and in terms of some of the use cases it may enable? Uh,
1: Grin's aim is to be better money uh, and to really focus on delivering that idea of electronic cash-like transactions. Uh, in order for transactions electronically to be cash-like, they shouldn't have a memory. They shouldn't just like cash doesn't really have a memory. So should these transactions not have a memory? And that's kind of what the what the focus of the of, of the coin itself is, and also why the emphasis is on privacy. If you don't have privacy, then you will not have fungibility of these coins. If you don't have fungibility, you don't really have a cash-like means of payment.
0: Right, and that's an important point. And that there's a lot of people that think that certain bitcoins should have a uh, different value than other bitcoins because of you know maybe they came from the Silk Road uh, or, or had some you know malicious use cases, and and therefore uh, you can track that with the unspent transaction outputs. Whereas grin, you know, there is as you said, there is no memory, so it is much more like digital cash. If I send you ten grin, there won't be a record of that for eternity that that transaction happened.
1: Exactly, and and. Uh... There's other privacy projects as well that are trying to solve similar problems. The difference with Grain is that even though there's some linkability between the outputs themselves, the amount, first of all, the amount of uh, information that goes on the chain is very little. There is no amounts, there is no addresses, uh, there is no metadata beyond just a link of cryptographically blinded inputs and outputs. That in itself is, is quite different from some of the other projects. Basically, Mimblewimble's approach is, is that if you don't need to have the information on the chain, you, you shouldn't have it on the chain. And secondly, because of the design of the, the protocol itself, it is privacy by default. Every transaction on the green blockchain is, is, has these amounts blinded and, and there are no addresses on the chain and so on. That makes a huge difference because once you start doing opt-in privacy, you deteriorate the privacy qualities. Uh, that, that you're able to give your users,
0: and that's actually a good segue into talking about some of the other privacy coins. So Zcash, for example, you know has required setup, trusted setup, and not every transaction is private. The sender has that optionality to trigger that privacy or not. Um, maybe you could just compare and contrast at a high level, Grin versus Zcash and Monero and any other relevant uh, privacy coins.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of did it uh, already there to some extent, right? Grin relies on simpler uh, cryptographic assumptions than, than Zcash and it's a much less complex implementation. As I said before, Grin is, is privacy by default. I have a lot of respect for for the Zcash team and the research that they're doing in uh, zero-knowledge proofs and zk snarks. Grin simply takes a yeah, more, more simpler approach. It doesn't give the same privacy guarantees as the the shielded transaction pool, but well, it doesn't make the same assumptions and, and have the same complexities either. It's a trade-off, basically.
0: So there's a lot of similarities into the origin story of Bitcoin and Grin. How do you think about Grin relative to Bitcoin? I mean, there's a lot of Bitcoin maximalists out there. Is Grin a substitute? Is it a complement? Uh, is it a different use case? Can they coexist?
1: I definitely think they can coexist. Uh, I think so. Grin has has been able to take a lot of. Um, Kind of controversial decisions, or or maybe uncommon decisions, uh, for example, a, a constant emission rate. Uh, we can go in about, in more detail about that a bit later. But basically, some of the a lot of the design decisions that we've been able to take is because of the success of Bitcoin. Uh, Bitcoin kind of pioneered the entire space and uh, is obviously the most successful cryptocurrency and the most valuable. And because of the the importance of Bitcoin. The decision-making and the maturity of Bitcoin, decisions cannot be made as, as fast and as, as easy, I should say, as with Grim. Grim basically allows, because we're, so, uh, we're a new cryptocurrency, we're, we're taking a different approach. It allows us to experiment uh, much more and uh, push the boundaries a bit more. Bitcoin, by nature, has to be more conservative. And, and I do think it makes sense, especially in the context of being a store of value, that it seems like the narrative of Bitcoin is at the moment. It does make a lot of sense to be conservative in that uh, regards. And I do think that despite Grin taking different approaches in some areas, there might be learnings that could be applied to Bitcoin uh, later on and would kind of become a a bit of a guinea pig for technologies that could uh, be implemented in in Bitcoin in the future. As an example, Grin has Schnorr signatures. And at the moment, the Bitcoin uh, developers are planning or seriously exploring the introduction of Schnorr signatures into Bitcoin as well.
0: How do you compare the two developer communities of Bitcoin and Grin in terms of their size and engagement and um, kind of support of the ecosystem?
1: Oh, I I wouldn't be able to to compare them, to be honest, because I I don't have enough familiarity with the Bitcoin developer ecosystem to do like a fair uh, comparison, I think. My focus, Grin is the first cryptocurrency project I've been involved with. I've been following from the sidelines for a long time. I I bought my first Bitcoin, I think, in 2013. And uh, I I was following the the Ethereum wave and and the ICO craze of 2017 as well and seeing how the space has been developing. But Grin was the first project that actually spoke to me to the level where I felt compelled to engage. Whether Maybe it was just the perfect uh, timing at at the stage. But once I've kind of gotten past the technology and... um, the implications of the protocol itself, seeing how this project was developed by the community and in the spirit that it was being developed really pulled me in. So, I mean, I can only speak about the green community, which is very welcoming. I think the fact that we're not doing an ICO, there is no funding uh, uh, a company or or any VCs, any investors, It, it keeps everybody quite honest in the community. And I think the only way you... Nobody has anything to to gain by misleading others. So everybody can be very honest, very straightforward. Uh, and uh, I think we focus on entertaining valid arguments. I, I would imagine that the Bitcoin community has a similar approach because there aren't people gaining from other other people's contributions in the same way. I guess maybe it's a bit different because the emission of of Bitcoin, most of the emission was taking place in a time where Bitcoin wasn't very... Familiar, uh, popularized or, and, and familiar to a lot of people. So maybe it's a little bit more difficult in that regards, whereas green had a lot of eyeballs on it, not even from day one, but like from day minus uh, 365, right? So even before the launch, there was a lot of attention being put uh, on, on the coin and the development of it, which made a lot more people aware of it, obviously being 2019 when it was launched compared to Bitcoin launching in 2009. So, I mean, it's very hard to duplicate that. But I would imagine the communities being uh, relatively similar. It becomes harder in other communities where you have uh, financial incentives by some people to hype the coin. And then we kind of maybe where early adopters have preference over over late adopters to a coin, which is uh, particularly, it's explicitly like the opposite of what Grin aims to do.
0: So Grin has been live for effectively three months. I think the date was January 15th, if I'm not mistaken, that the first... Uh, Grin was mined, and an emission started. How has it been going for the past three months? What, what have you seen? You know, what, what's been the uh, reception in terms of exchanges that are listing Grin and integrations that wallet companies are are working on with Grin? What has it been like over the last couple months?
1: Well, so we were we were actually joking about it earlier today. We, we it felt it felt almost like three years. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of a lot of changes in, in to some regards. A lot of things have been happening. In other ways, out, outside it might think it's taking still a long time. We're listed, I think, on on probably more than 10 different exchanges. We haven't made a single application for that. They've kind of been self-listing us. There there are several different wallets, uh, both on desktop and uh, mobile. There are GUIs, uh, GUI wallets, and also command line wallets. There's an ecosystem that is flourishing and taking its time to develop. And uh, there are many different mining pools supporting Grin, but it feels very much like it's very early days still. There is an ecosystem being established, but the the main users today are miners uh, uh, who who are mining uh, on mining pools and kind of moving back and forth between mining pools and exchanges and their wallets. Uh, we we're still working on. There's been a, a payment processor is being developed that uh, enables uh, merchants to accept coin payments, which uh, I, I expect to lead to more proper use cases. But I think this will have to take its time over the next few years.
0: And let's talk a little bit about the emission schedule. So it has linear inflation. Please describe what that means and, and why it's important.
1: There's one grin minted every second. Grin is a proof of work mined coin. Uh, and uh, it has one minute block times. Every minute, the coinbase reward is 60 grin. So 60, 60 grins a minute, one grin per second. And that is constant. It stays the same for the entire existence of the coin. Uh, That means that early on, the percentage increase of emission is quite high in the supply of of the coin. Over time, it asymptotically decreases towards 0% increase, but it takes a long time to get there. Why this was important, I wasn't uh, uh, involved in the project when this decision was made, but the logic for it and the rationale was that it was very simple. It was very simple to convey to users, uh, one grin per second. And we like simple. The community likes simple. And uh, if you can't really make an argument as to why you need to have it in a more complex way with halvenings and uh, fixed supply, how much should the sh- supply be then? And why is that a much better way to do it? If there's no kind of good reasons to counter the argument of, of a linear mission, then, then the community likes it. And uh, because this is a quite an aggressive emission rate early on, uh, but it also kind of stays that for, for a long way, it also means that early adopters are not necessarily having such a greater advantage over other users. There's going to be a lot of emission of GRIM uh, for a long time, which means that any, anyone who wants to get their, get a hold of some greens and start transaction can do that. And it's not going to be a feeling of after year one or year two that most of the grins have already been emitted and that there's no point. And, you know, there's now a bunch of people who have gone very, very rich. And, and, and as a result of that, of having like a lot of supply and having known about the coin early on.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard so many smart Fed economists talk about how a fixed supply currency will never be well suited to be a medium of exchange, just given that the price is so sensitive to demand shocks because the supply does not adjust accordingly. And, you know, with, with Grin, you have a consistent and constant emission. Those kind of financial attributes of the, of the schedule actually may make it more suitable to be a medium of exchange, which is ultimately what Grin's going after, right? Grin wants to be digital cash. Bitcoin, I think the narrative is consolidating around store value, but Grin can certainly be digital cash.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and um, you know, I, I can only like anecdotally think about my own uh, uh, Bitcoin spending. Uh, and uh, when the price of Bitcoin was uh, increasing very fast, my spending was going down a lot, right? Because it didn't really make any sense, especially if you have an expectation of, appreciate, of future appreciation of the coin, why would you spend it today? Uh, you might as well uh, store it and not use it. And that becomes a problem for a medium of exchange. And I think that, that is something that really helps Green and its narrative as well, because it's got uncapped supply. I mean from my side I said it before as well that the inflation rate or the emission rate rather I should say over time is going to go down to almost zero right over a long period of time uh, after a long time it's not going to be it's not going to be meaningfully different than zero I would have preferred a more aggressive emission that ensures that there's like a healthy percentage of inflation every year but this is way too controversial I think at this stage in kind of the crypto space. We, we did what was already considered a very controversial decision of allowing this uncapped emission, and it's still very conser- uh, conservative, I think.
0: Right, exactly. And what you mean by that is once you, you know, once we're 10 years out, the stock the total grin outstanding will be relatively large um, relative to the the one grin per second. So the inflation rate as a percentage uh, comes down every every year. And for the first couple of years, it's it's actually quite similar to Bitcoin's inflation rate as a percentage.
1: Yes, exactly. And and then once you start accounting for lost coins and so on, then it's you know over over time. I'm not sure if it's I, I don't know the 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 curve by heart, but uh, I don't know where exactly when it starts hitting. But it's not impossible that over time it will start becoming negative regardless because coins simply get lost but we're trying to take a long-term approach uh, to it and and because it's it's very easy to do that when nobody is really incentivized to there's no like get rich quick scheme here so so you can just kind of like all right what would be the best thing to do here And do we have any reason to to believe that we should do it any different and uh, you, we can be quite honest in, the, in our discussions in the community and that's what makes it engaging and it becomes a self-selecting process uh, of, of users where People who are interested in get-rich-quick schemes, they tend to not spend a lot of time uh, with Green because it's going to be very hard for them to get get rich quick. <laughs> and uh, and the people who are in it for for the technology or maybe for the impact that the technology might have, they stick around. We're very very agnostic, I would say, and we don't really think that we're the ultimate uh, implementation or anything like that. It's very likely that there will be in the future, and just that we see how how the technology how cryptocurrency technology evolves it's very likely that there will be some some more breakthroughs uh, that hopefully we can capitalize on as well but wouldn't be surprised if there's future implementations that try to do this in a much better way than we do
0: yeah, absolutely. It's a really exciting technology and it's great. I mean, a lot of people believe that this is, if Bitcoin were going to launch again today, this is how it manifests itself. And this is what the developers would would want to build with Grin. So I think that's why there's so much natural, um, bottoms up, organic excitement about Grin and its potential. So a lot of our listeners today will be wondering how they can acquire Grin. And you mentioned it is a proof of uh, work consensus. Um, you also mentioned it's listed on, you know, Plus or minus ten exchanges. Uh, how, how would you recommend that different types of listeners um, actually acquire grin and start learning about grin?
1: I would say somebody who's just a little bit curious about grin, uh, it's probably the best uh, best way would be to um, visit one of the exchanges that accept grin. I think uh, you know any any sensible um, coin listing uh, website will also list the exchanges that that list grin. And acquire some Grin from there and maybe move them over to a wallet and try sending some transactions uh, back and forth. More, more kind of hobby technologists might be interested in mining. And then there's two different uh, proof of work to be mined. One is uh, specifically designed to be ASIC friendly. And there are a couple of ASIC manufacturers that, that have uh, announced uh, hardware for, for Grin uh, that is expected to come maybe later this year or early spring next year. And, uh, there's also a, a secondary proof of work, uh, for GPUs, uh, which we use to bootstrap the network and, uh, you can mine with your GPU card, uh, quite efficiently there as well.
0: Yeah, it's actually, um, a good point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. What does, uh, are, are, there ASICs available for Grin today? When will they be available if not? And, and how does the developer community feel about, you know, ASICs being used to mine Grin and what it does to the potential fairness of, of the mining operations?
1: Uh, There's been several ASIC manufacturers uh, that have announced uh, their their plans uh, and and kind of far far along plans to build and and ship ASIC uh, miners for Grin. I I expect them to be coming around Q3, Q4 uh, this year, and uh, hopefully more uh, manufacturers will join the the fray. The development community considers ASICs uh, inevitable. It's something that uh, we want to welcome. Into our ecosystem. However, we want to make sure that we try to keep a healthy ASIC uh, market growing, and we want to introduce that market over time gradually. So by having these two proof of works, and and also I should say there's two proof of works and uh, the GPU proof of work got 90% of the reward at launch. And uh, the ASIC proof-of-work only got 10% of the reward. So it was like heavily skewed towards the GPU-friendly proof-of-work, which is ASIC-resistant as well. Over the next two years, linearly, this balance is going to tip over to the ASIC proof-of-work favor, so that ultimately, on the two-year anniversary of Grin on the mainnet, uh, 100% of all rewards is going to go to ASICs. The reason we did that was that we didn't want to have a proof of work that was ASIC friendly, announced well advanced, well before mainnet, and allow for uh, secret ASICs to be produced and uh, be ready to be mined, you know, to be turned on to the network on launch. Rather, we wanted this to grow uh, gradually over time to allow uh, more ASIC manufacturers maybe to start thinking about using Grin and seeing the popularity of Grin and being motivated to make the investment to produce these miners. And to get to the point where we have, uh, hopefully, several healthy manufacturers offering uh, good viable products to end users, uh, which in that turn will also improve the decentralization of the network.
0: And what's the health of the mining community today for Grin?
1: it's hard for me to say i'm not a professional miner and i can't really compare it to the rest of the mining ecosystem as a whole the limited understanding i have of miners is that everything is quite relative right and it depends a little bit on how profitable it is to mine other coins today i think there's been constant optimizations announced for Grin miners uh, for gpu miners as well there are many different uh, mining algorithm uh, and and um Mining software providers that are competing against each other. So I would, I would say that is quite healthy. And uh, we have different mining pools and new ones to be launched as well, as far as I know, uh, which seems to indicate that there is at least some efforts to make it healthy. Now, how healthy it really is, I, I can't really say. Over time, though, it's likely that GPU miners and GPU farms are going to be giving way to some regards towards ASIC ASIC miners, and we'll see how that transition is going to go. There's been some optimizations announced recently in Amsterdam where uh, we also saw that uh, it's possible, it seems to be possible for for GPUs to mine the ASIC proof of work efficiently. Whether that's really going to be the case and whether they're going to be able to be competitive against the ASIC miners is something that we will have to see.
0: What is the big vision for Grin? I mean, do you think this could be a multi-trillion dollar Digital asset, which is you know has has totally consumed global digital cash.
1: You know, I, I really don't know. I, I would say that uh, with regards to like a multi-trillion dollar asset, I I can't really say. I, I don't I don't cons- I don't look at it that way. I look at it in terms of how many people would use it, and I think the ambition of the team is to have many many more people use it than than what other cryptocurrencies or what the cryptocurrency space has been able to achieve so far, right? We're taking a very long view on that as well. There's a lot of things that would be required in order to have scalability to allow a lot of people to use it. But it's more u- usage rather than uh, uh, value of, of a market cap of the coin, I would say. And with regards to it being you know, private cash, private electronic cash, I would say today we don't really have that. Uh, electronic cash has never existed, in my opinion, in a way that's actually usable to end users. Uh, so we'll just kind of have to see a little bit on how that's going to evolve. I think electronic ca- transactions, uh, they ended up revolutionizing the way we do payments and how we transact between borders across the world. But as part of that, we also sacrificed a lot of the benefits of cash. And we allowed middlemen and third parties to become privy to all our transactional information. And also established gatekeepers to make decisions about who could have access to this global financial system and who who would be allowed to transact and and how. And um, electronic cash has the promise of maybe changing that to some degree. Uh, And hopefully that will have a big, important impact on uh, democracy and uh, individuals' ability to protect their own liberties.
0: That's well said. So Daniel, this is, I think this is a good question to wrap with. What needs to happen for Grin to be successful?
1: So we, we, I think the key thing we would need to have for Grin to be successful would be a healthy ecosystem. A healthy ecosystem means that you have a wide variety of different groups, companies, organizations, individuals using Grin, building products and services on top of Grin, Testing Grin, writing documentation about Grin, and basically building on top of it. Uh, by design, Grin on the core protocol level is never going to be that kind of end solution, the final, uh, you know, polished turnkey solution that allows billions of people to transact on it. It's going to be very minimalistic and it expects other groups to come in and, and help achieve and realize the end vision. And it kind of does that by design. Because if you don't get that, and if you don't get people involved, you're never going to reach that amount of usage in any way. Because I don't really see like one company being able to, to deliver that on one team. It needs to be a lot of many different teams uh, working together.
0: Well said. Great, Daniel. Um, I really appreciate your time, and I think this has been excellent. Is there anything else you want to cover any other questions you want me to ask?
1: I've encouraged everybody to get involved. know, if you're curious about Grin, you know... Come visit our website, uh, grim techorg From there, there is links to our forum, and we have Gitter chats and various communities. People are generally very helpful and friendly and encourage anybody who's curious to find out more, to just get involved and help out. Uh, we, we all need the help from, from you guys. And even if you don't want to help out yourself, you can always donate to our development fund. We're entirely community funded and funded only by donations. So if you want to contribute, feel, feel free to do that.
0: That's great. Well, Daniel, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. The key takeaways from today's episode are, one, Grin is a three-month-old crypto asset that aims to be digital cash. Two, unlike Bitcoin's fixed supply schedule, a new Grin will be created every second. And three, Grin has seen developer-led community support and has an early but vibrant community. Thank you for listening to the show. We're trying to make the crypto ecosystem more mainstream and welcoming, so if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a five-star review in iTunes and share this with one person you know who is trying to learn more about crypto technology. You can reach me on Twitter at Zachary DeWitt or email me at Zach at wing.vc.